Hi, my name is Joe Jackson. I'm a journalist, author, interviewer and broadcaster. And down through the years, one of my great delights is, if not presenting radio programmes about the music I love, then being asked to discuss it on someone else's radio show. What follows is one such clip of myself and Mike Murphy, Ireland's greatest art show presenter ever, discussing something I wrote about during my 10-year tenure with the Irish Times. You see, during that decade, the 1990s, I also happened to be the popular music correspondent for the art show on RTE Radio 1. And both that station and the Irish Times like to see themselves as the radio station and newspaper of record, respectively. These programme segments, and sometimes full shows, would usually occur after Mike read an article I wrote and phoned me to appear on the programme, or after I myself would recommend an item that might be of interest to our listeners and even provide a script, around which Mike and I would happily improvise. By the way, if you want to read some of the articles I wrote about music, the arts and popular culture in general, plus politics, check out my website, joejacksoninterviewer.com. That's the voice of the late Karen Carpenter. Joe Jackson, you're welcome to the programme. And you. tell me this, please. Has Karen Carpenter survived musically, artistically? Well, I think I've just had visible proof of the fact that she has by watching four people <laughs> in the studio sing along with that. And last night I was actually in a nightclub and I mentioned I was coming on the show today and there was a range of people from 22 to 40s. And the moment you say Karen, they either go into the ornithologist's love song, you know, Why Do Birds, or another thing, and you realise they either hate or they love. You know, one guy said they're all treacly. There you go, see? Yeah, and everyone right. else kind of just the, the timelessness of them as mini pop masterpieces, the best ones, absolutely have survived you at see, that level. You just said it. Okay, when she was alive, when she was singing, she was regarded as uh, syrupy. There wasn't yeah. a huge amount of musical credibility there was none. Uh, awarded her. And yet, it had to be admitted, she had a superb voice. Yeah. Well, they were, I think it was their image. I mean, when Richard Nixon says at the time of Vietnam and counterculture, they're America's young at its best. And they're seen as a kind of partridge family meets the Brady Bunch. Yes. They're hardly going to have yes. kind of street cred. <laughs> so I think at that level, but and also people didn't get the uh, beauty and the purity and the poignancy of her voice. Mm. You know, they were seen as kind of just, as you say, syrupy love songs. And it was only when she died, people reflected on the life and they applied the tragedy of the anorexia, the kind of the fact that this kind of Brady Bunch were very dysfunctional. I mean, the, uh, the Carpenter's biographer, Ray Coleman, says that the mother... Richard and Karen were, were lock, locked in a loop of interdependency. Like the, the Richard would, uh, Richard was dependent upon the mother. Karen would frighten away Richard's girlfriend, and they had a very strange home life. So suddenly, all these layers made the story a bit of a tragic tale. So you go back to "Goodbye to Love" or any of those songs, and you go, "She's telling us the story, and we didn't hear it when she was singing." Yeah. You know, so it becomes another tale. And also, they've become, which is really amazing to me, is they've become heroes of the kind of indie set. Have they? Yeah, there was an album brought out in the late 90s called If I Were a Carpenter. And it was kind of With like... With a big Z. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's kind of Grant Lee Buffalo and it's kind of an American music club doing very respectful uh, versions of their songs. So there's been a total revisionist and reassessment look at their, at their work, you know? And, and with that reassessment, what has emerged? That well, there was... A, a, is it that Richard had supreme yeah. musical ability? Well, that's, that's not yet noticed. I think the focus has been... And I know this makes him very angry because I was once to do interviews with him and he suddenly decided if I do an interview, I don't want to talk about Karen. So you're kind of saying, well, if you don't talk about Karen, I don't want to talk to you. There's no yeah. point. But I think people are noticing, and certainly he turned up on a Burt Bacharach show, 
and he pointed out how he studied Bacharach's arrangements, those little twists and turns in the kind of intros to songs. So he was a meticulous arranger and he co-wrote uh, with John Bettis, I think it was, all of their great hits. So if, there are some who argue he should be regarded like Bacharach and David. So people, uh, that's not the fo- been the focus, but I think in time people will recognise that he had that talent too. Hard and taskmaster, I heard was, at yeah, the time too. Yeah, very hard in terms of just, well, very much like Bacharach, you know, like 172,000 takes of a song until he felt it was right. So he was pushing her at that level. But I think that shows in the arrangements. Like when you hear, you, even when the brass came in there, your left shoulder was twitching. So that shows he got it right, you know. It's <laughs> Okay, that was a reaction against. <laughs> but no, I think at that level, he kind of, he's one of the uh, undiscovered geniuses in terms of pop arrangers. Now, I don't know why he doesn't do more on that. And the other point to it is that when Karen did a solo album on her own, it was so bad that the record company didn't release it for 16 years after her death. So you do have to ask, okay, if it was just the purity of her voice, why did we not all, why, why didn't even her record company back that voice? So I think it has to be the mix of her voice in his settings. Well, since we are talking about her, and she would have been 50, sure. I imagine, isn't it amazing? But um, what was her best work, Joe? Well, I think it was, the, it was the sad ballads that actually reflected that kind of inner turmoil that she didn't kind of, she probably didn't talk about. And Lord knows if she told him about her, her emotional traumas. Uh, and somebody said that if you listen to the songs, that the element of distance in her singing is actually determined or defined by the fact that she was very much hooked to medicinal drugs. Yeah. So there's a kind of floaty sense to her singing that's ethereal. And you can't take that away, like Billie Holiday doing drugs at the end of her life. You hear the sound of drugs. And with Karen Carpenter, there's this floaty feel. It's like she's out there somewhere. And I think any song that captures that, but when they tried like experimental kind of pop like the Osmonds did at the time, they just fell apart. They couldn't stretch that thin talent out into kind of avant-garde music in any sense. So I think the very pure crystalline yeah. songs are the ones that best reflect her. Impossible question, but where would she be had she survived today? She, I think she and Richard would be hosting the Late Late Show. <laughs> <laughs> I think they'd have a double... I think they'd do a talk they, show out of California yes. where they'd be selling toothpaste or something like that. They would have gone on, or they'd be part of the retro 70s kind of trend. Yeah. But I think they'd be hugely popular just recreating these songs. It's strange that there isn't any... You know, the way there's an, an Australian Doors and, and uh, another ABBA, yeah. that there isn't a Richard and Carmen running around kind of doing their songs. So I think people will love it. You probably know? there will be. There probably All will right. be after this, and we want shares. Uh, <laughs> Joe Jackson, thank you very thank much you. indeed. Hi, Joe Jackson here again. I thank you for listening to this edition of the Joe Jackson Interviews podcast. And don't forget, if you want to read any of my articles, check out my website, joejacksoninterviewer.com.